you're now entering the smoke room, featuring your boy King Mac. What's up, King Mac? I appreciate it. Brought to you by the Bad Guy Radio. Today I have a different topic for y'all than what you're used to hearing on the smoke room. Today I'll be discussing dealing with childhood trauma, generational curses, hurt, pain, and basically mental health, but how to cope with it using spiritual and biblical principles. I have a special guest on today to help with this discussion. Her name is Ashley, and she has a podcast called Inspired by Ashley Nicole. How you doing? Ashley. Hey, Smoke Room. How y'all doing? <laughs> doing good. This is different. I mean, they used to hearing uh, football, baseball, and politics in some cases. Ooh. So you talking about uh, basically your journey or your walk of faith would be something different for the listeners. But uh, what had me interested in really talking to you was something you said on one of your episodes called mercy and grace and it really made me think you said i was angry i was manipulative i was dangerous i didn't care what i did who i hurt i didn't care what i needed to do as long as what i did made me feel good i was selfish it had to be brought to my attention so my question is like You've been walking this faith for two years. That's what I heard on your podcast. So what brought you to that point of accountability where you kind of looked at yourself and said, hey, this is what I was. And it took somebody to letting me know what I was or putting a mirror in my face to see the my true self. Like, how did you get to that point? What brought you to that point? Mm. Um, honestly, I, I was kind of in a cycle, right? And the cycle was, you know, a cycle of pain, a cycle of hurt. And I started to really pay attention to my relationships with people, whether it be family members, whether it be friends, whether it be spouses, right? And Kind of like we were speaking about earlier today, like when I'm triggered or when I was triggered, I noticed that I would push people away. I would isolate myself. Um, and I thought it was normal, but it took for one of my really good friends to like point it out. And apparently it was something that I was doing for a while. He just had never said anything. And so when he finally said something, it was like, yo, this is really what you do and I don't like it. You feel me? Kind of like I was explaining to you, like when somebody is doing something and you never address them head on, a person will never know what it is that they're doing that bothers you or what they're doing that they won't know that is wrong if it's never addressed. 
So he had to like really address it for me, like, yo, and then give me examples. Like he gave me like real life examples. And I'm like, dang, that did happen like that. Like, dang, I did say that. Dang, I did. You know, I left you high and dry like that. So it took for somebody to really show me me for me to really sit down and come to grips on, dang, why am I this way? Well, I mean, like, to me, when people start going on a journey towards following God, it's like normally people just throw out a bunch of scriptures at them. And they won't show them like how those scriptures apply to life. So how those biblical scriptures, how you can apply them to your life and your situation. So what made that podcast different for me is it's probably a lot of young ladies like you who are coming out and choosing to follow God. And it's like you giving them an example or you giving them a roadmap to these were my imperfections. This is how I dealt with my imperfections. And it kind of reminded me of a scripture that's in the Bible, which is James five sixteen, where it said, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So it's like in your podcast, it was like you was confessing to the world. Hey, this who I was. I was a manipulative person. I was a selfish person. I didn't care who I hurt. I didn't care who I ha- I caused pain to as long as it benefited me or as long as I was happy, which that kind of spoke to me because that's kind of like all of us. And that's kind of like the journey that all of us have to take, which is dying to our flesh and not being selfish and being concerned or being servants to other people. So like, did you have an example of that early on through your journey or the beginning of your journey coming to Christ? Or is that something you just started to pick up on your own? As far as coming into Christ, like coming to Christ or. Yeah. As far as like your walk with Christ, is that something that you already knew? Like, Hey, I got to start looking at what I, what the problems I was causing or myself before I started looking at other people or is that something you just learned on your own? No, honestly, it was something, it was, it was just a daily walk. Like every day was something different. You feel me? You know, every day was just something different. And I'm like, dang, why did that happen? You know, I was, I started to question myself. Like, why is everybody disappearing? You know what I mean? And I didn't really understand it. My thing was, I knew that I was lonely. I knew that I liked the comfort of other people. And so my thing was, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to keep them around. I'm going to do whatever I need to do, say whatever I need to say to appease you so that we both are kind of taking, you know, the relationship is taken care of, but I will make sure I get what I need. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I don't think I'm, I think really just walking the walk and getting tired of myself. Like I got tired of myself. Wow. So seeing that you were doing anything to keep 
like certain relationships. So now that you're starting to walk with God, right? Now that you're starting to understand the word of God, you're starting to read the word of God, study the word of God. Are that making is that making you look differently at some of your relationships? And have you lost some of those relationships that you was trying to keep in a fleshly way or you were doing anything to keep in a fleshly way? Oh, absolutely. Um so when at the when I was losing people, like back two years ago when I was losing people, I didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't really understand because at that point I wasn't, I knew nothing of, I knew of God. You know what I mean? I knew of that walk, but that wasn't anything that I was pursuing at that time. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know, you know, I, I just, I wasn't there. I wasn't in that frame of mind. And so um, I was introduced to this crazy lady. I always refer to her as this crazy lady. And she was the first person to kind of get me to thinking in that way. And so once we started working together, I understood what was actually going on when I was losing those relationships. Like God was separating me because here it is. I was looking at these relationships. I was idolizing these relationships, right? I was making them priority in my life instead of me making him priority in my life. And I didn't even, I didn't even understand the importance of that. Right. Um, so now versus then I understand that these were the relationships that I was losing was not beneficial for where God was taking me. It wasn't beneficial for the life that I had been hoping and praying and wishing for. Right. Um, and as of today, I've lost a lot of relationships. If I can be completely honest, every relationship that I've had outside of maybe one or two from high school, like I don't even speak to those people anymore because we're just on different, we're just on different paths, right? Um, I don't do the same things I used to do. I don't watch the same things I used to watch. I don't eat the same things I used to eat, right? And some people just can't get with that. They don't understand why you're changing, you know? And the only thing that I can do is show them my walk, right? I can only be the light that I was really called to be. And hopefully they can understand, like, I love you. There's nothing personal, you know, I'm not, I'm not believing that I am above you, but at this present time, I need to do what's best for me. So, like, for a lot of young people, or just not even young people, just even people in general who first come into Christ or first learning about God, who want to take that step forward of really truly dedicating themselves to the Lord, that part of it might be scary because they might have some of the same feelings you have where you don't want to lose relationships or you don't want to feel lonely so for a young person or a, a person in general who just coming to follow God how did you personally deal with the losing of friends or the losing of relationships because now you were more focused on your relationship with your creator so how did you deal with feeling like man maybe this is making me lonely or going back to the thoughts you once had before you came to God. How did you deal with those situations? 
Mm. So hear me out, right? Hear me out. Um, I had to sit with myself, right? I had to sit with myself and understand the feelings. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel this way? And when did it start? Because this isn't the first time I felt this, right? Like, loneliness is not something that just happens, right? So I had to sit with myself and understand why I was feeling the way that I felt. And then what came from that was I really didn't genuinely love myself. So then that's a whole nother avenue that you have to explore. Why don't you love yourself? And that took me down a road of childhood, like the, the, the feelings I felt as a child, like, and that's where my loneliness stemmed from. Like I was raised by a single mother who had to work three and four jobs to su- support and provide. So at that point, now I am playing the parental role for a kid that is supposed to be my brother, right? So I had to take on a, I had to take on a responsibility as a child. So now I didn't really get the opportunity to be a child. You know what I mean? So it was really sitting with myself and understanding that, hey, you have a lot of brokenness in you that stemmed from situations you had no control over and I had to heal that inner child in me to understand and to be complete so would you say to someone who's just beginning to um, follow God would you say that the more that you dive into his word the more comfortable you'll start to be with loving yourself? I would. I would say that. Because it's almost like the word was comforting me. Mm. Because here I was thinking I was by myself. Right. But then he reminds me that I, I've never been by myself. Right. He's always there. So it it's comfort. It's almost like it's a blanket. Right. You use it as a blanket to cover you, to shield you, to protect you. Hmm. I mean, I totally agree with that. I mean, I know me going through some of the situations I've been through. It's like the word does give me uh, comfort or it, it tells me or let me know what I am. You know what I mean? Or how I should go about certain things. You know, I just think in general, like, what's interesting to me about you is that when we decide to dedicate ourselves to God, right, nobody really gives you a template or instructions to how to do that, right? They just be like, okay, you accepted God. It's time to start living right. It's time to start living righteous. But they and they give you certain scriptures, but they never really tell you how to apply those scriptures to your life. So they never really tell you like this is how you can apply this scripture to your circumstance. Right. So to me the Bible is like very healing. You know what I mean? But it's like you have to find yourself in there. So you have to find yourself in the word. So it's something in the word that you're currently dealing with. That's your current situation 
but you have to find yourself in that. And that word is going to give you the instructions of how to handle that circumstance. And it's going to give you comfort. So that's why, like, to me, what you did was interesting because you never really hear, you only hear about the quote-unquote goodness of God. Mm. But you never hear about the struggles from individuals. Don't get me wrong. It's plenty of stories of struggle in the Bible where we see people in the Bible who have went through struggles like Job, you know, but you never really see it or hear it or people never really hear it, discuss the struggles that they're dealing with on a daily basis who are followers of God because they don't want, a lot of times they don't want to have themselves look bad in a certain light. So people like to portray like they got everything together. So what was different about you was you openly admit like, hey, this is what I was struggling with. This is what I'm dealing with. To me, that's cold. But, and I think that's important too, right? Like on our walk, you know, on a spiritual walk or even just on a, you know, on a healing journey, it's important for us to acknowledge the things that we're going through because here's the thing. For the longest time, and people ask, oh, how you doing? And we're like, oh, I'm good. You know what I mean? We tell ourselves these things and we want to believe them. We want the other person to believe it. And we're also trying to convince ourselves, right? So with being completely honest and vulnerable with ourselves, it's no different. Like we can't lie to ourselves about the present condition of what we're in because at that point, we're never acknowledging the situation and dealing with it face at face value, right? Like I'm that's the one thing that I made sure, like with that platform, and I don't know if I even shared how that platform started with you, but I just made sure that I'm vulnerable and open on that platform simply because I know that I'm not the only one dealing with what I'm dealing with. I'm not the only one who has had that thought, right? And I can only give my reflection on how I handled it in hopes that someone hears something that, like you say, that may stick with them or even, you know, something that they're like, you know what, I could probably try that too, just to see if that works for them. And if it doesn't, okay, how can I tweak that suggestion to best fit me, right? So that's ultimately, that's the goal, but we have to be okay with saying, I'm not okay. We have to be okay with saying, you know what? No, I'm angry. No, I'm frustrated. And honestly, that was a lot of my journey with my walk with God. Like, God, I don't like this. This is stupid. This ain't making no sense to me. Help me, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we have to be okay with, with saying that and, and understanding that it's okay not to be okay but mm-hmm. being open and honest with him because that's really what he wants he wants us to come to him he wants us to confide in him he wants you to establish that personal relationship with him yeah that personal relationship and i agree i mean that's why i use that scriptures because like if everybody if every time somebody asks you are you okay and you saying you are okay then how can they pray for you? Or what? how do they know what to pray for you about? 
And I think that's important because I know my journey with God, I always uh, looked at people in the church as, as, as if they were perfect, mm. like, as if they had it all together, especially elders right. of the church. It was like, okay, these people must have it all together. And I didn't learn until like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe 18 years later until I went to this man camp and they had this thing called no judgment zone. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like a bunch of men can go in there, talk about confess to each other, what they going through, what they dealing with. And that made me see like, Oh wow. Everybody is not perfect. And everybody is dealing with something. And then it made me also look at like, my situation, like, oh, wow, it's somebody that went through my situation. And this is how they handled, handled it biblically. This is what scriptures they read. Or is somebody in the midst of the storm, like I was, and this is how they handle, handling going through the storm. Right. So it's like, it's interesting how a lot of times we try to hide what we're going through or we are ashamed of what we did. And that keeps us from talking to each other and leaning on each other, which that's one of the biggest things we can do is talk to each other and lean on each other is because we're supposed to have each other back, which is what it says in the Bible. So that's why like, I think being open, being transparent, being honest about your situation, about what you're dealing with is huge because you're asking people to follow God. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you're not portraying to them the full picture of what that looked like. So then they are coming to a situation feeling different, like, man, I'm the only one that's broken because everybody in here looks so perfect. All these yeah. all these marriages look perfect. All these relationships look perfect. Uh, everybody looks like they have it all together. They're not going any, through anything. They're financially stable. But if the body of God was to be transparent, was to be open and honest about what is members what his brothers and sisters are going through, I think so many people will follow God even more. And I think so many people will get healing because they then themselves can be open and transparent about what they're going through because they see that's the norm and not something that's not the norm. But just to piggyback on that too, um, So how we were speaking about the loneliness and, you know, isolation and being separated from our past life. Right. Um, I think it was important for me to not internalize the loneliness, not to personalize the loneliness, because I was in a season, you know, it was just a season. And when the season was up, God started to send me people who were also followers of Christ to assist me 
in that walk. But because I had personalized and internalized the feeling of loneliness and the separation, I wasn't open enough to accept those people. So then I was also kind of standoffish and stonewall in the church because I'm like, well, they left me. So clearly there's something wrong with me. Right. And I think that is kind of what held up a lot of my breakthrough because of me internalizing where I was in a season and not being open enough to accept the newness that God was presenting me with. So it took me a while to become open and vulnerable and allowing other followers of Christ into my life because I'm like, for what? Y'all just going to lead too? You know, for what? Y'all just going to do X, Y, Z too? But I had to come to an understanding that this is a different, it sounds crazy, this is a different genre of people, right? Um, So not internalizing that journey because sometimes it is, it's hard. And then when you are in the church, you have this perception of people so much so that you aren't even willing to confess your sins because you don't trust or your, you know, that unforgiveness or, you know, all of the different spirits that come along with. Mm -hmm. Feeling like they look at you differently. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that's important. It's like one thing I'm also learning with my walk is I used to hear the cliche of generational curses all the time. Generational mm-hmm. curses, generational curses. You got to break generational curses. But I never really understood the true meaning of that until I started to look at myself, right? And through a biblical lens. And then I started to look at my situation through a biblical lens. And I started to see, you know what? Like, some things my father is, my earthly father, I took that, some of those traits from him. Mm. Some things my mother is, I took some of those traits from her. Right. And a lot of times we don't and 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 the thing too is we don't realize like we don't look at our parents and be like, "Wow, he took some of the traits from his father." Mm. He took some of the traits from his mother. Yeah. So like we'll be angry at our parents and we'll be hurt about some of the things our parents done. But then if we look at ourselves, we'll realize too that we took on, we looking just like them, but we just don't see it because we too busy looking like them, which causes us not to deal with ourselves, which causes us not to break those generational curses. So they carried it on from their parents. Our parents carried it on from their parents. And we're carrying it on from our parents. And because we so hurt or we so offended by what they did that we're not looking at ourselves and breaking those curses where we don't carry on their traits and pass it on to our our children. Right. So that made me start looking at generational curses too 
uh, um, differently as far as what we deal with here. Well, we and that's good. You know, that's a that's really that's a whole nother reflection within itself. Like, yo, that's that's really good. Yeah, because the only way, like, what I'm learning is the only way you can have grace and mm. mercy is to be humble, right? If you're humble, it keeps you from looking down on others. And right. it allows you to easily put yourself in their shoes. Right. And look at things from their perspective. Not saying that you condoning anything wrong or anything that they're doing that is wrong biblically. Not that you condoning it, but you can see like, okay, this is the root cause of the problem. And this right. is how I can pray about it. Or this is how I can deal with it biblically. Or this is how I can encourage them to live better. So instead of going to them like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're doing this, you're doing this. If I'm humble, that allows me to have grace and mercy. So then I can come to them in love and be like, hey, here's some scripture for you to deal with what you're going through. Here's some scripture for you to get over that 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 uh, hump that's holding you back, that's keeping you from moving forward with God or keeping you stuck in a certain place or keeping you going back to situations that could possibly hurt you. And that's how I think that's, that's what I'm getting with God because, oh, that's what I'm getting with studying the word because God has consistently over and over again told us to humble ourselves to have humility and just doing that has kind of helped me out because it kept me from being angry because honestly, honestly I was like the situation I'm going through I'm just like this person is wild this person is absolutely selfish this person doesn't care about nobody but themselves. This person doesn't have any respect for anyone, not even themselves, not even the other person that they dealing with. And what I learned was like, you know what? First of all, I can't focus on that other person. I need to focus on God. It's number one. Right. Second, I need to stop complaining mm. about the situation. I need to, uh, like God say, or like James said, be be joyful in your trials. Trials. Yeah. So I learned, like, you know what? I'm gonna be joyful in this trial because. Whatever God will is, is God will. And at the end of this, I'm going to be better off for it. And he's going to see me through it. So I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want people to get that misconception that it's an easy thing to do. It takes work. That's why they say faith without works is dead. dead. But 
that's the one thing I try to do daily is just remind myself not to be complaining, not to be bitter, not to be angry, to have joy in this moment, in this storm, because God going to bring you out of it. And when he bring you out of it, you're going to be better off than what you was. So my thing is more like, what lessons or what mm. what am I supposed to be doing through this trial? That's more and like honestly, it. you find grace and mercy in that too, because when you when you are joyful through the trial, it's like it's, you, it changes the perspective from why me to whoa God, like whoa me. You know what I mean? Thank you. And truth be told, like, that's where I found a lot of my grace and my, my mercy from God, because I was not seeing it. I didn't want to see it. There was lessons that he was trying to get me to see. There was, you know, situations he was trying to get me to avoid. I didn't I wasn't trying to see it. I wanted what I wanted. I wanted it when I wanted it. And so things had to happen to show me why they needed to be avoided. And I had to, like, really as you say, be joyful in the experience, regardless to what level of experience that was. Yeah. So, I mean, I think good. one of the things like I like to tell people is they, you think people think because they come to God and to be honest, to be truthful, most of us come to God when we broken, when we in a total, mm. when we in a total yep. mess. Because we're yep. looking for some sort of answers. We're looking for some sort of help. So that's how yep. we come to God anyway. And what we have to realize is like, even when he, we come to God, even when we pray, he hears us. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be any challenges involved. That doesn't right. mean it's not going to be any suffering involved. As a matter of fact, some of God's greatest followers, most of them suffered. Majority majority of them suffered. Paul right. was in prison. A lot of them got killed. But we don't look at that. We just think only about, well, if I come to God, yeah, everything is just going to be peaches Great. and cream. <laughs> Not understanding that you a servant. Mm. Your job is to serve others. Yep. And that comes with some struggles. That comes with some suffering. You standing yep. on your principles, you standing on what you believe mean some people gonna fall by the wayside. And that's it's wild. That's why God say daily. Daily kill your flesh. He said daily to hate your flesh. You know? He tell us He tell us loving this world we live in, loving the things of this world is enmity towards him. Meaning if you love the things of this world, you can't even love him because you too attached to the things of this world and you're not attached to him. So right. that's that's the biggest thing I'm learning. 
Wow. I think I'm learning to give grace, not only to others, but to myself. Mm. Because we, you know, the saying, we're our biggest critics. Like, while yes, we are our biggest critics. Um, and we tear ourselves down more than sometimes the world tears us down. So I'm learning to give myself grace. Mm. And I'm learning to consult with God before I make any final decisions or conclusions about myself or others. Um, but even that process sometimes is very lukewarm, if I may be honest, because I'm like, like you said, killing your flesh daily. I know that I I'm used to responding one way and God would expect me to respond in another way. So I'm like, look, Lord, I still got this in me and I need you to help me with this because actually a year ago would be like, forget this, I'm done, right? So it's like giving myself grace and giving other people grace and just being obedient to how God would have me handle situations. So I think that's been my biggest challenge in this season of my life. And he's every day working it, working it out. But at the same time, he's like, trust me, walk with me, choose me daily. I think that's a great point because if you don't give yourself grace, you can't forgive yourself. Like we always yeah. talking about asking for forgiveness from God, but sometimes we also gotta forgive ourselves. We gotta, you know, deal with that as well. Because a lot of times what it'll do is it'll put a crushing weight on us where we start blaming the actions of others on our mm -hmm. actions, which is wrong. Because even though we are meant to serve each other and we're meant to help each other. At the end of the day, at judgment day, you're going to be called to account for your own deeds. Your actions. He don't care about what yeah. the next person did. He don't care about what the person did to you. How did you respond? And that goes back to your what you were speaking about, generational curses, giving yourself grace for those too. Like you didn't know what you didn't know. Now that you do know it, how are we going to fix it moving forward how are we going to move differently now that we know it's pretty solid so knowing this part of the podcast i give my guests the opportunity to ask me three questions so what's your three questions so you spoke about killing your flesh daily so I guess one of my questions would be, what is one way you are killing your flesh daily? Um, the one way I'm killing my flesh daily is like when I start to have thoughts that's opposite of God's word, what I do is I try to find a scripture to deal with that thought or to mm. deal with what it is I'm dealing with at that time. And then I try to to pray about it. Or if I have um, something near me to write it down, I try to write it down because what I'm learning now is to try to get to 
the root of why that is creeping up so I can really deal with it. You know what right. I mean? It's like if you pull out a, uh, a weed in the grass, if you just pull it up and you leave a the root there, it's going to grow back. But if right. you dig out the root, then you don't have to continue to deal with that same issue over and over again. So that's what oh, I'm Wow. That's good. Okay. My second question. Um, you also mentioned giving people scriptures to stand on when they're feeling the way that they feel. So when it comes to a young person or, you know, anybody who is, you know, new to the word or, you know, new to their walk with Christ. Um, giving someone a scripture or referring them to the Bible can be intimidating. Mm. What would you recommend or how would you recommend they start that walk? with being introduced to the Bible, even, you know, looking up scriptures on where to go. Like you say, there's scriptures that, you know, fit how you feel. You know what I mean? Like, how would you, or what would you recommend to them so that they're not overwhelmed with scriptures? Well, the first thing I would do is like, I I would want them to know who their savior is. So I would start them off reading about Jesus. But the one thing I will tell them is, like, you don't have to speed read. Like, this is not a competition to see who can get through the Bible the fastest because the first time I ever read the Bible, I read it cover to cover and retained very little of it. I just wanted to say that I had read the entire Bible. You know what I mean? So I retained very little, little of it. And then I could quote scriptures all day long but didn't know the meaning or the context behind it. So what I would tell someone who's just starting out is to focus on reading to understand. So when you read the Bible, understand the time period, who that person is talking to, why they're saying what it is they are saying. And more importantly, you don't have to read the whole chapter you don't have to read the entire book at once if you only can if you're stuck on two scriptures and it take i mean two verses and it takes you all two three hours to understand those two verses there's nothing to be ashamed of keep reading those just those two verses until you get it until you understand what it is saying that's good I think I was very intimidated because I look, I would read a scripture and then I closed that book and I wouldn't open it no more. Like I'm done with this, you know? So it took for me to get some accountability Mm. to get back into it and really understand and comprehend what I was reading. And it like, it's a daily thing. Like just think about like when we read scripture, Read the whole chapter and you break it down. Right. Then you ask, do you understand? So it's a daily thing. But a lot of times people take breaks in between. Or sometimes, unfortunately, we get discouraged. And like you said, we be like, ah, I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna deal with it. You know what I mean? But you have to understand this walk 
is an everyday thing. And like you feed your natural self every day, you're going to make sure you eat some sort of food every day. You're going to make sure you drink some sort of water every day. You need to make sure you're reading some type of word every day. You need to make sure you're feeding your spirit every day. Wow. And see, that's that's, that's the thing people don't get. And if you don't understand nothing, something, it's, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's nothing to be ashamed about. Everybody didn't come out of Bible scholar. Right. Even Bible scholars are still learning. <laughs> and also, build relationships with people where y'all can study together and y'all can hold each other account. So be like, oh, did you study today? Did you read today? Oh, I had trouble reading. Okay, let's read together. And then not only that, Start developing a group too to do that. Mm. That way, good. y'all developing like a family. Right. Where y'all can hold mm-hmm. each other accountable. And that also kind of ties into that whole fellowship, like the whole yeah. fellowship aspect of it. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. It's like, People turn stuff into like negative things. And a lot of times it'd be us. Like I remember when I first got in the church, I didn't want to work for the church. I didn't. Mm. Because it was like, I was looking for something to be negative about. Honestly, I was looking for a chink in the armor. I was looking to say, this person ain't really what they say they are. Or this person ain't really what they say they are. They, instead of looking at myself like, why am I looking for people not to be what they say they are? Or why am I looking for the negative side of a person? Instead of being like, you know what? Nobody is perfect. My sister, my brother is not perfect. But how can we get together and strive to try to be perfect together, or I should say to try to be righteous and sinless together. How can right. we do that? But people don't look at it that way because to be honest, a lot of times we say we died to our old self, but we haven't. And a lot of those old ways still creep up. Wow. Mike drop. Okay. Listen, that's good. That's good. So my last question. And this is a question that I always ask my kids. What is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Where you are, knowing where you are now in your present walk. And it doesn't necessarily have to be pertaining to your walk with Christ. But um, where you are now, what is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Build all my relationships through God. Mm. Why is that? Because... If a person loves God, then they're not going to want to see you do anything to offend God. And they're not going to want to do anything to offend God themselves. So if y'all working on that same mindset, that's truly being your brother and sister's keeper. Because Mm. you're going to be like, no, no, brother, don't do that. Or I'll be like, no, no, sister. Don't do that. Right. And then that way you automatically kind of have a trust factor because it's like y'all built y'all relationship on solid 
foundation. It's like what the word of God says. A man who built his house on sand versus a man who built his house on rock. Then when the storm came, right, one went away and one withstood the storm. So it's like all my relationships, if I had to built them on the word of God, when the storm came, it wouldn't have washed away. Right. That's good. Wow, I kind of felt a little uh, attacked in that statement, but we won't go there. <laughs> All right. That's good. Well, thank you so much for answering my questions. Oh, yeah. No problem. You know. Uh, this is Smoke Room, so do you got any smoke to hand out or you good? No, I ain't got no smoke to hand out. I'm good. I come in peace. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, I don't come in peace. Nah, let me stop playing. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any necessarily smoke to hand out. Uh, the only thing I have is a piece of advice. And this for every, any, this to me, this is for everyone dealing with relationships in general. A lot of times we cast ourselves on other people. Meaning how we think or how we went about certain situations. We project that on them. So we are turning something positive into a negative because we're projecting how we handle that situation that somebody is dealing with when that situation they have could totally be positive or could end in a positive manner. So my smoke is we have to stop projecting things on other people. And number one, we have to stop looking at each other in a negative manner. So instead of looking, well, how could my sister do something to hurt me? Or how could my brother do something to harm me? I need to start looking at that person, how God looks at them. If God, if Jesus dealt with some of the worst, and he's God, then what makes me better than Jesus where I can't do the same thing? Mm. So so that's my perspective is people need to stop projecting their failures, their insecurities, their past relationships on other people. Because then what you could do is that same brother and sister you say you love, you could be poisoning the well. For them to have positive relationships with other brothers and sisters. And with that being said, the smoke room out.